You're listening to Do South. I'm Leonita Inge. And I'm Jeff Tiberi. Leonita, are you a pumpkin spice person? I'm beginning to become that mm-hmm. person. You know, I come from a little deeper south, so we just eat sweet potatoes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sweet potatoes, what else is like just quintessential for this time of year? I don't know. I mean, sweet potatoes, collard greens, um, kind of gumbo, you know, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. that are soups, yes. you know, and warm. hearty, warm, yeah. anything that you can find, just put it in the pot. All right. So there are certain dishes for fall, and there is, of course, certain ambiance, certain colors. There's the foliage here in North Carolina. And we're interested in finding out why and what it is that gives us these beautiful colors and how they change from uh, year to year. And we're thinking that one of the very best people for us to talk to is Uh, Someone who calls himself the fall color guy. The fall color guy also happens to be a professor of biology at Appalachian State University, and he is here with us on Due South. Uh, Welcome to Professor Howie Neufeld. How are you, Professor? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Well, you know what? I'm going to call you Professor Howie. (laughs) Is that okay? That's fine. So how are the leaves looking this week in Boone, you know, where you are? We're past the peak color here. We usually peak in mid-October at this elevation. And um, so it, the, a lot of the trees are pretty barren right now, but the oaks are still showing color and, and uh, some of the uh, beech and hickories. Professor, I, I want to talk a little bit about the, the variance, the variety in the high country. So Boone sits at about 3,300 feet, but Grandfather Mountain, 20, 30 minutes down the road, gets up to almost 6,000 feet. So Tell us a little bit about just how different it can be in a a relatively small area and if there are particular pockets that you love or areas uh, that caught your eye this fall. Yeah, so the colors always start uh, first at the highest elevations, usually in the latter part of September. So what I do when I'm going out to see how the colors are developing is I start at the high elevations. So I'll go to places like Craggy Gardens, which is high up on the parkway uh, just south of Mount Mitchell. And I'll visit Mount Mitchell, the highest peak in eastern North America. And then each week I move down about 1,000 feet or so because the colors are moving downslope. And this way I can keep up with them. And you can keep doing this right here into November. Right now they're peaking in the 2,000-foot range. And then they'll continue on into the Piedmont and all the way down to the coastal plain by Thanksgiving. Well, that's good to hear, you know, because I was just wondering if we're totally past peak, I guess, in the mountains, or do we still have some colors there at all? There's still some colors. Um, The best uh, uh, observations are if you drive on the parkway, say, between uh, Blowing Rock and and Grandfather Mountain, Linville Falls, go to the overlooks and look down, Mm -hmm. because then you're looking down onto the forests that are peaking right now. And so while they may not be at peak where you're standing— if you look down from the overlooks, you will see a lot of bright colors. All right, Professor. So you are the fall color guy. That's an unofficial yet totally official title. You you put out a, a forecast each year um, in which you predict the fall color season. Tell us about the factors that you use to, to come up with your forecast. So um, I look at the historical record to kind of figure out when colors are going to peak at the various elevations. And then I watch the weather very closely because fall colors depend a lot on the weather. And if we have a cool fall starting in late September and it persists into October, we're going to be on time. So on time, for example, in the Boone area would be mid-October. 
And it would be a week or two earlier if you were up at the upper elevations of Grandfather Mountain or Craggy Gardens. But if the weather gets warm, it tends to delay the peak colors. Some of the trees respond really quickly to the temperature differences. And if it gets warm, they slow down, they stop changing color, and they wait for it to get cold. But interestingly, there's some other trees, like dogwoods, for example, they start turning color in July. And that obviously can't be in response to cold, so I think they're sensing day length. And no matter what the temperature is, they just progress in their color. So if it's warm or cold, they're still going to turn color early. But trees like maples are very dependent on the temperature. So if it's warm, they slow down. If it's cold, they'll peak earlier. Well, Professor Howie, I guess your job sounds pretty difficult to me because I know we can't even really depend on the weather anymore. I mean, I think it's been in the 80s where we sit down in central North Carolina, and then it's going to be in the 40s at night. Oh, my goodness. Does that really mess up, you know, the fall foliage a lot? Yeah, I was wondering about this. You know, I've been doing this for 17 years, and um, I went back and looked over a lot of my predictions in those earlier years, and I plotted the week that I said it was peak color here in Boone to see if there's been any change over the last 17 years. And those first eight years up to 2016, almost all the years peaked at the historical time, which for this area would be between the 10th and the 20th of October. But from 2017 on, it's all over the place. Sometimes it's two weeks late, mm. a week late. Last year, it was right on time. So if you look at the variability, it's twice as high in the last eight years as it was in the first eight years. And I'm kind of thinking that's probably maybe incipient climate change doing that because it's consistent with what we would predict as the climate warms up. You get some years that are warm and some that are cold, and then that makes the fall colors bounce all over the place. How does climate change play into all this? You, you talked about it a little bit. What's the impact there? The warming that's anticipated will most likely then extend the fall color period. It will cause most of the trees to color up probably later in the season. It may dull the fall colors, particularly the red pigments, because the red pigments depend on photosynthesis. So when you have clear, sunny days and cool temperatures, you can do some photosynthesis, make a lot of sugars. The sugars prompt the synthesis of those red pigments. If it's cloudy or warm, the sugars are burned up in respiration, or you don't make as many, and you don't get as brilliant red pigments. So I think future falls may be a little duller if that's what happens. Um, luckily, though, the southern Appalachian area is uh, uh, experiencing some of the least warming of anywhere in the country. Some meteorologists call this area the warming hole. And uh, we haven't had the same degree of, of warming that, say, New England or uh, places farther north have had. So hopefully that will mean that the fall colors will continue on as they've been for at least a few more years like this. If we look way, way ahead, and I'm talking now decades to century, um, if it continues too warm, uh, we may see uh, trees do what they did when the glaciers receded 16,000 years ago, which means moving north or moving upslope. And then you get whole changes in the composition of the forest. And then, of course, you know, with different trees, you get different combinations of color. And uh, we kind of see how that can happen on a more rapid basis when we introduced exotic pests. So, for example, the emerald ash borer is now in North Carolina, and it's taking out a lot of the ash trees, which turn purple in the spring, uh, excuse me, in the fall. 
And we also saw at the turn of the 20th century when the blight came in and killed the American chestnuts. They, they were a dominant tree down here. And when they turn color in the fall, they turn a bright yellow. Well, they're out of the picture right now. They just occur as shrubs in the understory. And red maple and other trees like that came in after those were killed. So I think we see a redder fall now in the Southern Appalachians than, say, our great-grandparents saw at the turn of the 20th century. Well, this is Due South. I'm Leonida Inge, and I'm here with Jeff DeBerry. <laughs> and our guest is um, Professor Howie Newfeld. We're calling him Professor Howie. He's a professor of biology at Appalachian State University. And so, well, how does this kind of make you feel? I know you're about the science. Maybe I need you to explain the science a little bit more, but, um, you know, this is sort of um, very special and important to you. So the variation doesn't upset you or just makes you more excited about, you know, tracking? It can sometimes make me anxious mm. because I'll get emails early in the summer. And the ones that make me the most anxious are the ones who write and say, uh, I'd like to get married outdoors at peak fall color time. When should I do that? And knowing that you can't really predict the weather more than about five to seven days in advance, uh, then that's kind of a hard task to to fulfill. So... Uh, the more variable it is, the harder it is to tell people when they should come. And we get, you know, this is the busiest tourist season in the mountains. It's Asheville's busiest tourist season, Boone's busiest tourist season, and uh, hotel rooms fill up quickly. So if you plan to come up, you know, at the historical normal time for peak color, and then we have a warm year, you may come up here and it'll be all green. So, you know, that's what makes me a little anxious about the, the variability in these recent years because it's just so much harder to predict. Professor, I want to ask you about tourism in a moment. Uh, first, just take us through the science briefly here. What actually causes the, the colors, the colors to pop and, uh, you know, the, the, the degree to which we see variation? Right. So for these trees that lose their leaves, the deciduous trees, they respond to two main factors. One is the day length. And since June 21st, days have been getting shorter. And the other is temperature. If it gets cold, then the leaves will uh, color up sooner. So uh, there's a lot of nutrients in the leaves, and trees can be much more efficient if they withdraw a lot of those nutrients back into the twigs before they fall off, because then they can reuse them next spring to grow new leaves. If they just drop the leaves, then they'd have to take them up again, and that would be a waste of time and energy. So the first thing that happens is the chlorophyll will start to degrade. And the chlorophyll is the green pigment that makes all the leaves appear that color. And when the chlorophyll degrades, they can get that nitrogen back in the twigs. But it reveals pigments that have been sitting in the leaf all summer underneath, which are orange and yellow in color. We call them xanthophylls. Those are the yellow ones. And carotenoids, which are the orange ones, the same thing that makes a carrot orange. But the red pigments that a lot of people like to contrast with those orange and yellows are called anthocyanins. And they're the same thing that color roses red and strawberries red, but they're not there in the summer. They're not hidden by the chlorophyll. Curiously, what the tree does is right before the leaves are going to fall off, it synthesizes these red pigments, which has always been a curiosity to us because why would a tree take the time and the energy to make a pigment and then drop the leaves off uh, two weeks later? So I can put them in my scrapbook. <laughs> you can collect them. Cut a and, piece of wax uh, they will paper hold that color. and try to keep well, it. Well, let, let me just slide in with a, a very quick follow-up. Maybe you have an answer to this. Maybe not, Professor. I grew up in the Northeast, and to my eye, there seems to be a lot more red in, like, the state of Maine than there is down here. Is, is that true? And 
If so, why? Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I grew up in Maryland, and uh, Maryland's kind of a transition zone between New England and the, and the Southern Appalachians. Um, well, you have a lot of maples, <clears throat> and uh, they're the primary tree that will turn red up there, and you have uh, beech and uh, birch also. Um, down here in the Southern Appalachians, we tend to have a more orangey yellow, but we have a lot of trees that do turn red. We have the red maples, some of the sugar maples, uh, black gum, sourwood, and uh, the dogwoods, and then a lot of huckleberry blueberries in the shrub layers. So we do get a lot of our uh, the red color, but there is a lot more up in New England. Curiously, New England has much redder fall color than, say, Northern Europe, and that's always been a curiosity. And we think the reason for that may be that Europe has uh, less sunlight in the fall, it's cloudier, and it has a longer summer season. In other words, North America's fall starts sooner. So you have the cold temperatures and much more high light. And since we think the red pigments help protect the leaf so it can withdraw those nutrients into the twig, there's a greater need for protection in North America because we have more highlight and we have a, the cold coming sooner. So therefore, we have more species that have turned red. That's the prevailing hypothesis right now. I, You know, I, where I grew up, I don't remember seeing any leaves of any different colors. I just remember having to rake a lot of leaves and pine needles everywhere. I grew up in Florida. We hey, oh, all the dates were on the ground. <laughs> squashing up <laughs> the side. We couldn't eat them anymore. But I know that seems to be a big deal, you know, in these parts where you actually do have all this color change and, you know, and beauty. It's hard to believe, though, it could really, you know, if the colors aren't right, <laughs> the right time of the year, that it can really mess up business for some places. Now, I don't think the Biltmore in Asheville will ever lose any business. But I wonder, do you know of any examples, you know, where it does boom, or even if there's a bust, you know, like based on the fall leaves? I know you hit on that, how people plan their weddings and everything else based on this. Yeah, so I did a back of the envelope calculation once wondering how important uh, the fall color tourism was to the economy in North Carolina. And based on all the people I thought were coming up here each week from September all the way through the end of November, I came up with somewhere in the range of 500 to 800 million dollars. And some economists saw that when I published it and they said it wasn't too far off. We've been lucky that October is usually a drier month and most of the time we have pretty good weather. I can only remember one year in the last 20 years where weather really disrupted the the fall color season. It was great on a Friday, spectacular on a Saturday, a wind and rainstorm came in on Saturday and it was over on Sunday. So uh, luckily we've avoided that. And uh, past years we've had pretty long and extended fall color seasons. So professor, you love leaves. You are the fall color guy, but, but take me to your living room up in Watauga County and you look out on your front yard and there are 8 million leaves down. Yeah, when I see the leaves fall down, I kind of think, okay, that's the end of the fall color season because they, they come down in a hurry. And, uh, and I hope it's been a good year uh, for people to come up and, and see the colors. You know, one of the interesting things, uh, when I go out on the parkway or one of the state parks and I'm walking along and listening to people, I often hear languages other than English. I hear Spanish. I hear people from India speaking, uh, German 
and all sorts of things. There's a ton of people now in North Carolina who are have come here, either immigrated here or are working at the universities, and they've come up to see the fall colors because they don't have them in their home countries. And it's really interesting just how international the group of people is that, that go out and see the fall colors here in North Carolina. Professor Howie Neufeld, thank you so much. My pleasure. Howard Neufeld, professor of biology at Appalachian State University. That's fun. You have a favorite fall color? I don't know. I mean, I told you I didn't grow up with fall colors, but I love orange and green. I know she does. <laughs> this is Due South, a production of WNC and a broadcast service of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Our producers are Stacia Brown, Cole Del Charco, and Rachel McCarthy. Our executive producer is Aaron Kiever. Denarius Thomas is our technical director. I'm Leonida Inge. And I'm Jeff Tabiri. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. I wanted that. You I wanted us to happen. do it together? I did. I did. <laughs>